following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show here on News Radio 630. Um, my name is Philip Sexton. I'm sitting in for Tom Dupree today. I'm in here with uh, Darsh Mashru and Christy Maggard. How's it going, guys? Good morning. Morning, morning. Well, um, you know, uh, I don't have quite the musical background that uh, Tom himself has, but, uh, you know, I just decided to go with little Jim Croce, uh, you know, Really like the man. Don't know. Uh, don't know a whole whole lot about him. Know that he unfortunately died at a very young age, so he could have produced a lot more hits. Um, yeah. But you know, it's a, some good music. It. it I think it music. sounds perfect. It sounds. It sounds like something Tom would pick. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll try. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> well, uh, you know, today we're gonna touch on some uh, some big picture uh, economy stuff. Uh, you know, some, some income, how that affects your income and how that affects you as an investor. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump right in here. I've got an article here from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's written by uh, Sarah Cheney. Uh, title is U.S. Consumer Credit Posts Largest Gain in 16 Years. So it uh, goes on to say, U.S. consumer borrowing posted the largest monthly gain in 16 years, buoyed by increased consumer confidence in the economy. Outstanding consumer credit rose by $27.95 billion in November from the prior month, the biggest increase since November 2001, according to new data from the Federal Reserve. Uh, now, Adarsh, this has been a big talking point for us because, you know, uh, when you're looking at how the economy works and how inflation works, uh, a big driver of that is credit creation. Uh, and you're actually starting to see a lot more of that. Uh, do you kind of want to touch on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so, you know, if you go back nine years ago uh, when the financial crisis happened, 2008, 2009, uh, what we saw was a contraction of credit. So households were leveraged, primarily mortgage debt, uh, and we saw a period where debt was either being paid off or defaulted upon. Uh, the banking system was extremely weakened as a result. And then we saw the banking system get recapitalized. Uh, we saw credit uh, contract for a while and then just consolidate for a few more years. 
And then in the last few years, we've started seeing credit, uh, consumer credit expand again. Uh, when I say consumer credit, I mean households, you know, which means credit cards, mortgages, uh, anything that, you know, households would, uh, households or individuals would, uh, uh, would borrow. Um, and here recently, like your article demonstrates, we are starting to see a, a pickup, you know, where sentiment has improved and people are feeling more comfortable uh, borrowing money. Uh, part of the reason, you could argue, is because the stock market's done well, uh, which has created a wealth effect. Uh, the mortgage market has also done quite well. Home prices are at record levels. So, yes, uh, we are starting to see an expansion in credit, which could be a precursor, uh, as it always is, to uh, higher inflation. Yeah, and, and, you know, I always like to, to get, uh, you know, just kind of a, a, you know, a picture-by-picture picture view just from a personal standpoint to bring it back to the, the you know, just in general. Uh, you know, I myself, uh, I have a couple of credit cards. Uh, you know, when, when I find over the past six years uh, the amount of lines of credit that I've created, uh, you know, a Lowe's card uh, just because of the deal that I got, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting when you look at that. I'm, I mean, Christy, you you know, you shop at a lot of different places. Do you <laughs> do you find yourself picking up some? I personally don't because if I know that just the way I like to shop, that I know if I have a credit card to spend at, say, J. Crew, that I will just spend that, you know, spend that money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that there it, there are lots of credit cards out there that it seems like possibly I was going to ask Adarsh, like, could it also be because of low unemployment People are feeling more confident because they have their jobs, that they feel like they have more money to spend. They're feeling confident about themselves and in and, and the sense that, okay, well, I'm going to open this credit card and I'm going to open this credit card. Where So there's more spending. There's more money being put into the economy, which is also a, a would, would help, I would assume, the market and, and give a boost. No, I, absolutely, yes. Unemployment plays a big role. <laughs> so when there's less unemployment there's increased confidence. Sure. Uh, you know, consumers are feeling confident that, A, you know, they either already have a job or their prospects of getting a job uh, are better. Favorable, yeah. Are favorable. Uh, that combined with the fact that, you know, home prices have risen, uh, stock markets have gone up, which means their 401ks, 403bs, retirement mm-hmm. accounts are doing well. So all of that put together creates a sense of uh, this confidence and optimism uh, which, uh, you know, uh, becomes, uh, I guess, a virtuous cycle. Yeah. Uh, virtuous or vicious, that right, depends on your view. <laughs> could it also be kind of false leading? I mean, you still have to have that money to pay off those credit cards. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Right. Yes. And then I had a question, not to get too off the track, but I had a question. After the crisis of 2008-2009, because people had spent money, let's just say, I mean, like, I know a lot of the, the crisis was tied to the housing industry, but just because of maybe the overall sentiment, what happened in 2010, 2011, and the years uh, afterwards with consumer credit and credit cards? I mean, were, was there a huge – people now are struggling to pay off, and there's interest rates that are going sky high? I mean, how how was that – how how was – what was this – what was, I guess, the, the, the feeling and or what was the reality after that crisis? Yes, so immediately after the crisis, A, the banking system was damaged, which means that banks stopped lending. Right. 
And the only way you could get a loan is, you know, you put down a huge down payment. You couldn't even buy a house without putting down at least 20%. Right. Uh, and your credit had to be stellar. You had to be, you know. But how were you going to get cre- stellar credit if you had, you know, couldn't pay off your credit cards? I mean, it was, you know what I mean? Like, Well, well exactly. So very few people had access to credit. Okay. Uh, consumers, you know, the only the, the top consumers uh, in terms of, uh, jobs or if they had high, uh, you know, salaries, had access to credit. Um, and then we saw that for a few years, 9, 10, 11, uh, where it was hard to get a mortgage loan. Uh, it was hard to get a credit card loan. Uh, and then, you know, 12, 13, 14, we saw the banking system get somewhat recapitalized. Okay. It got recapitalized because, A, the government infused a lot of money into the banking right. systems. Remember what that. was known as TARP, mm-hmm. uh, Treasury uh, Asset Repurchase Program. And then uh, at the same time, consu- the economy started improving. So jobs started coming back slowly. A lot of slack went away from the economy. Okay. Uh, a lot of people defaulted, went through bankruptcy, you know, things like that. A lot of mortgages were modified. Uh, in order to let people uh, keep staying in their homes and, uh, you know, be able to make payments. Uh, So it went through a period, I'd say, four, five years post the financial crisis where credit was consolidating, not growing much. Uh, And then household balance sheets started getting better as home prices started rising. So it kind of evened out, you know, and I guess the kind of tipped back to something more more level. Uh, y- yes, so at more uh, realistic levels, I guess, what happened during prior to the credit crisis was just it was uh, irrational right. you know, where anyone could borrow money and then it started getting back to more realistic levels. Even today, it's not as easy as it was prior to the prior. financial okay. crisis, but it's getting better. I think now you can, you know borrow without much trouble yeah and i think that you touched on you know a couple main points too and the fact that you know consumer balance sheets did strengthen and mm-hmm. in turn their credit scores strengthened so your ability to access credit markets you know increased over time and i think that that's you know we we've we've looked at and uh we we actually we own a, a company in synchrony financial that that plays exactly in the consumer credit market uh you know, it talks about in the article, revolving credit outstanding, which is mostly credit cards, increased at 13.3% annually in November. A category of debt grew by $11.19 billion, the largest increase in a year. And is that also, though, a, time, a timing thing? Because November, December, lots of people are probably out shopping, <clears throat> putting gifts and, and purchases on credit cards, it, and then getting hit with that bill. That, that very well could. Could be, yeah. Uh, you know, but at the same time, what what you're looking at, hopefully from from that standpoint, if you if you own stock in a company like that, is you're hoping that okay that in nine months, once this pool of new consumer credit becomes seasoned, uh, and you've you've kind of weeded out the the bad pieces of it, that you've actually got a line mm-hmm. there that is producing an outsized income. Uh, right. You know, and I think that. Uh, it, it could be a very good thing uh, for the economy moving forward, as long as uh, you know we don't get too crazy, right. Right. Uh, you know, too out of control with our our passing of credit. Uh, I think uh, you know another piece uh, 
you know, we talked about consumer confidence and, and the credit cards. Uh, I've got another article here to touch on real quick. It says uh, retailers get bumped from holiday yes. season. Yes, good, know, good it, transition there. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it says after a year marked by same-store sales declines, and store closures across the sector, retailers are reporting strong sales during the critical holiday shopping period from November to December. Uh, you know, Kohl's, uh, for example, said comparable sales over the holiday period jumped 6.9% compared to a 2.1% decline a year earlier. That's huge. That is massive yeah. for a company like that. Even your J.C. JCPenney's uh, and Macy's, Macy's yeah. both of those reported strong uh comparable sales gains and target and, and target. target yes and and you know from a a consumer stand or from an economic standpoint when you look at you know correct me if i'm wrong here darsh but in terms of uh your biggest percentage of gdp uh consumption makes up that that biggest percentage so when you see something like that, that is a very, very positive sign for the economy, is it not? Absolutely, yes. So the U.S. is a consumption-driven economy, which means over 70% of the GDP is driven by consumption. Uh, so we are starting to see you know, a pickup in consumption. Uh, some would argue that uh, an economy would be uh, better if it was driven by investment, uh, but U.S. being an advanced economy, a more service-oriented economy, a lot of uh, what drives the economy is consumption, and you know we are seeing strong growth there. Did they also say that they had they had to close some stores? I mean, that is yes, exactly. You know, and it, and it talks about there there was some stores in in malls that uh that that closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, some new ones came in. You know, a lot of the the malls. Have still been able to remain in the the mid ninety percent lease rate occupancy uh, occupancy rates right. Um, you know it, it's it's just a positive overall sign when you when you're really looking at things that consumers are going out and shopping again, uh, and that 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 itself also doesn't factor in uh, online shopping or anything like that. Uh, so you know from from those two signs of uh, consumption mm-hmm. and and credit creation. Uh, it's two very positive signs for the economy. Uh, I think now is a good time to take a break here. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. You're listening to uh, the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. Winter cold. Claims against the president. The freezing cold. North Korea. The economy. Stay warm. Stay informed with the hottest happenings. Got to know what's happening. Topics that are hot. Currently hot. News Radio 630. You want to try turning on WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Are you happy about how well your 401k or retirement account investments have performed this year? If so, you're not alone. It's been a good year for stocks. But remember one thing, retirement accounts are meant to provide income primarily. If your account has done well this year, you might want to look at how to convert those gains to income production. You may be pleasantly surprised. For a free assessment of your retirement account's income potential, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation appointment. Also, listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 0400 
and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. To the Tom Dupree Show here on uh, News Radio 630. This is uh, Philip Sexton in the station with Christy Maggard and Adarsh Mashru. Uh, so we were just talking about some uh, credit creation and consumer confidence. I think another big point to talk about uh, when it comes to the economy and and big big picture, what's affecting the economy right now, is uh, definitely oil. Uh, something that we, we like to follow. Uh, when you look, I've got an article here. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's written by An- Anjali Raval. Uh, so he's a correspondent. Uh, she. She. Yep. Sorry, dog. <laughs> uh, so Brent crude has risen to its highest price level in almost three years as OPEC-led production cuts take effect Global oil stockpiles fall and geopolitical tensions rise, overriding concerns about growing U.S. shell output. The international oil benchmark hit a high of 69.37 a barrel on Wednesday, the highest since May of 15. Uh, Let's see. So what you've actually seen over the past couple couple of months, really, is just this continued tick upward. you saw uh, the uh, a report, let's see, so U.S. government data uh, on inventories published on Wednesday showed a larger-than-expected 4.9 million barrel fall in crude stockpiles, uh, as well as the American Petroleum Institute showed a larger drawdown of more than 11 million barrels. Uh, so you've seen the, this continued drawdown of supplies. Uh, it's a little bit of uh, supply cuts, a little bit of uh, less supply from the U.S. And isn't that, is that considered a positive thing? I mean, because you're kind of cutting into the reserve, so then you're being asked to make more to help fill back up the reserve? I mean, is that... Well, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't look at it as a positive or a negative okay. thing. Uh, it's positive for the price of oil, as in if you're an investor in oil, then lower supplies means that oil prices price go, up. go up. Right. As far as, you know, uh, geopolitical, strategic point of view, uh, you know, it's... These things fluctuate. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's oil prices have really moved up, you know. In fact, I, you know, I've had conversations with Tom and Philip, and I always thought that around $60 a barrel for uh, uh, West Texas uh, crude, and now it's currently approaching 64 would be somewhat of a top just because, you know, shale production would start coming in. Uh, but it's. I'm surprised that it's it's moved up like it has. Well, and, and I think a couple of things is you you have seen increased demand because of consumer confidence. People right. are mm-hmm. people are doing more things. They're driving more places. Uh, they're they're spending more on oil. Uh, that mixed with the fact that there just isn't enough supply in the market now. Uh, you're you're starting to see. 
basically what's called a shortage, and, and right. it's the exact opposite of what happened uh, back in 2014 when there was being uh, oil oil was being pumped more right. furiously. Um, you know, I, I think when you factor when you factor that in, though, from an economic standpoint, the inflationary impact is that as as a natural uh, a natural resource such as oil, as it goes up, it's a natural input to things like plastics, um, you know, a lot of other things in the market. Uh, you know, agricultural products they have to have, uh, you know, gasoline for the tractors and other things, mm-hmm. uh, gasoline to ship things. You know, it's it's a huge huge input in what what costs uh, to get goods and services to market. And I think as that goes up, that that is an inflationary piece. Mm-hmm. Well, so there have been some studies done. Uh, when the Fed publishes you know, their uh, CPI numbers, they publish two numbers, the headline CPI and the core CPI. The headline CPI includes food yeah. and energy. And the core doesn't. And the core does not. CPI is? Uh, consumer, consumer Price Index. Index, okay. okay yeah. Now, there have been some studies done that show that in the long run, Higher crude prices have not had as much uh, impact on overall imp- uh, inflation levels uh, because crude prices in 2014 were $106. Today they're much lower. But inflation uh, has not gone down that much, nor is there any proof that if oil was at 106, we'd have higher inflation then. But these are the studies. But as you said, it is a major input in a lot of different, uh, you know, manufacturing and agriculture and all that. So in the near term, we could definitely see higher inflationary pressures, which may uh, even out on the over the medium or long term. But uh, yes, definitely, uh, you know, acts as a tax. It's a tax of sorts, you know, oil prices. So uh, at what point does it start dampening consumer sentiment? Well, and, and I guess so. The argument could be made as to whether or not it is a leading indicator to inflation, sure. but definitely uh, the argument could also be made as to whether or not it's a lagging indicator. Because, you know, as you see more demand, you know, more we, we've seen uh, consumers buying more trucks, more SUVs, right. uh, which use more gasoline. So it's a, a an increased consumption of the product. Uh, you know that that could be an indicator moving forward that you know potentially that is higher inflationary. Right. Um, well, we're we're up on a break here. Uh, you're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. The first thing that I'd like to do is to say- Dang it! I knew we should have walked in. You still haven't gotten that window fixed? I'll stick my head through the sunburn. She can hear me that way. And this check engine light is still on? How long has that been on? I'd like a chicken salad and a triple cheeseburger. All these controls, maybe this will fix the window. Amco Transmission and Total Car Care. Winchester Road, South Broadway. I got the window down. Yeah, but you're choking me with the sunroof. <sighs> well, at least the check engine light is off. 
The Lexington RV Show is coming to the Kentucky Horse Park January 19th through the 21st. Discover the best way to hit the road at the Lexington RV Show. Shop special show pricing on a full lineup of RVs. Find a variety of floor plans to meet every budget and camping style from the nation's top manufacturers. You won't want to miss these deals. Now is the time to buy, and it's only at the Kentucky Horse Park January 19th through the 21st. For more information, visit thelexingtonrvshow.com. Discover Rio's best-kept secret, the wine cellar. This Vegas hidden gem showcases over 10,000 wine bottles from around the world. Chippendales is the ultimate Las Vegas girls' night out. Nightly at the Rio, 8.30 and 10.30. Dine, dance, and drink 51 stories above Sin City at Voodoo Rooftop Nightclub. Slayer bartenders keep the party going. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. From the Kentucky News Network, I'm Jaleesa Chapman. A man wanted in a homicide in Portland, Tennessee, has been killed in an officer-involved shooting in Allen County. Yesterday evening, 39-year-old Jason D. Whitmore tried to break into several homes in Allen County. Allen County sheriffs responded and confronted Whitmore. He then pointed a weapon towards officials, who then shot and killed him. Whitmore was wanted in the homicide of 33-year-old Miranda Whitmore. Her body was found in a Portland home on Thursday. That investigation is ongoing. Kentucky health officials are reporting the state's first pediatric flu deaths. Acting Department for Public Health Commissioner Jeffrey D. Howard says that two of Kentucky's 36 flu deaths so far have been children. A public statement from the acting commissioner said the average age for adults who have died from the flu is 75. I'm Jaleesa Chapman. This is the Kentucky News Network. Following is an advertisement. It's terrible when you hear stories about nursing home abuse, but sadly it happens. Looking out for your loved one who suffered abuse in a nursing home is not a job for an amateur. Get the best representation you can. Call the Becker Law Office. Dial pound 250 from your cell. Keyword Becker Law. Pound 250. Keyword Becker Law. Becker Law Office. Trust. Experience. Results. You have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from iHeartMedia. As a child, I can remember always being excited about going to Community Trust Bank with my parents because I knew I was going to get a treat. It's funny, now that I'm married, have two kids, and just bought a new home, when it came time for a new home loan, I went to Community Trust Bank. I trust them and knew that they'd be there for me and my family, just like they were for mom and dad. And now with 80 locations, there's no reason to go anywhere else but Community Trust. Community Trust Bank, building communities built on trust. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Flurries will continue on and off as we go throughout the rest of the day. Later this afternoon, that high temperature only topping out around 20 with a gusty wind. It'll feel colder than that. Watch the roads. Still likely to have snow and ice on them in many areas by Sunday morning. Single-digit lows, afternoon highs low 20. Snow moves back in by Monday evening. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. The Nighthawk Special is back at a special low price at Columbia Steakhouse. Eight ounces of the finest all-natural grain-fed beef surrounded by a sea of piping hot garlic butter. 
Served with a choice of sides, from fresh veggies to a jumbo baked potato, plus a garden fresh Columbia's Diego salad. Get it all for only $14.99 at Columbia Steakhouse on Richmond Road, downtown on Limestone, and at Columbia Steak Express on Southland Drive. Relying on checking your credit to help protect you from identity theft? You're kind of walking through life with blinders on. Parking meter. That came out of nowhere. Because there are many kinds of identity theft you can still get blindsided by. Look out! Bike messenger. Didn't see him coming. Like someone getting an online payday loan in your name or selling your personal information on the dark web. <laughs> Open manhole. That snuck up on me. LifeLock sees more. We use proprietary technology to detect a range of identity threats. And if you have a problem, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can spot threats you might not see coming. Horse-drawn carriage! Sheesh. Memberships start at $9.99 a month, plus applicable taxes. Now get 10% off. Go to LifeLock.com and enter promo code NEWS. That's promo code NEWS. LifeLock. More detection, more protection. 630 WLAP. Sexton sitting in with uh, Christy Maggard and Adarsh Mashru, and uh, we've been kind of uh, playing some Jim Croce here, just basically because I like him, and uh, it's some good hits to get you through the morning here, and uh, we've also been talking about uh, some big picture economic things, Uh, we just were talking about uh, oil and you know what it what what it indicates towards inflation and. you know, you you were asking Adarsh a, a question off air though, Christy. Um, you know about the supply cuts and, and things of that nature. Uh, you know, a big thing that I wanted to, to to point out too is that when you when you factor in what OPEC has done and what uh, even even Russia uh, mixed in with that, uh, they're uh, one of the top three countries production wise. Their total cuts, what number was that? 1.8? 1.8 million. 1.8 million barrels a day that they've cut. So even when you factor in that there was an 11 million barrel drawdown in U.S. supplies, if you don't factor in the cuts, if you add those back in, you're still, I mean, technically you're still almost in an oversupplied market, depending upon how accurate the numbers are, how accurate the ability to produce that extra 1.8 million barrels is. Um, you know, what's, what's, what's your thoughts on that, Adarsh? Right. So uh, 
you know, I mean, part of the reasons when you look at just the demand and supply picture, uh, yeah, some of the supply has been cut, but there's still been a lot of uh, supply from the last few years that's in storage and inventory, uh, which is a lot of it is still available. So, as you said, you know, when you take that into account, it's still uh, not clear if we've reached a point where, uh, you know, uh, there is a major decline in supply and then, you know, demand is outstripping the supply. So, I mean, I, I agree, yes, when you take that into account. So, what could be happening, one thing that happens often when it comes to commodities uh, is that after a while, you know, there is positive news that, okay, OPEC, non-OPEC cutting 1.8 million, economy improving, global demand improving. Once those positive uh, fundamental factors are come into play, then speculation takes over. So the demand supply picture, you know, when you, once you put all that together, the real price, the equilibrium price or whatever, maybe $50 a barrel. The other $14 may just be pure speculation by hedge funds and I've been reading reports where hedge funds have increased their uh, their uh, uh, speculative activities on, on crude. Huh. Well, I think, you know, from the consumer standpoint, too, I found myself over the holidays because I did some traveling and I know you did some traveling. We Christy. did, yes. Uh, you know, I found myself gas prices were way up and I was like, all right, well, we're just going to get 20 bucks in the tank today <laughs> and, you know... Th- did, did it affect um, kind of your thinking on, on travel? Well, we were flying, so <clears throat> you know, we, our tickets had been had been purchased prior. Yeah, I mean, like you know, in October, I guess, or some somewhere around there. But you know, um, I, I will just say the cost. You know, when we were we traveled to New York City, and it is incredible to see how much there is a price difference just in buying, let's say, a, a bottle of kombucha at a Whole Foods here and maybe a bottle of kombucha in Whole Foods in New York City. I mean, New York City is a very expensive place to live and to get around. Um, now, whether that is, you know, related to oil, you know, it, somewhere it trickles down and it, it is yeah. probably. Um, is I would say the biggest thing I think noticing there was just, you know, the, the how many cabs there really are how much uber i mean that's the thing talking about transportation is that those the streets are still so crowded with travel even as much as people are walking and trying to find cheaper ways to get around that city um we used quite a bit of public transportation which i want to give a shout out for that because the subways were incredible um and you know i know that the subways in new york are struggling right now to keep up with the number of people who are traveling on them every day so, I mean, uh, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see how transportation continues to even out. I pumped my, um, in preparation for this weekend weather that we're having, I, I went to the gas station last night, and it was $2.59 a gallon. That's a lot higher than we've seen six months ago. Yeah. So it's, it's a very big race. And, you know, kind of to wrap this all together, too, because I'm sure that you've got some listeners that are saying, okay, well, how, how I mean, mm-hmm. I guess, Prices at the pump, yeah, you know how that affects you. But how does uh, consumer spending really affect me? Well, so I've got a perfect article here. It's from the Wall Street Journal uh, by Sam uh, Goldfarb and Daniel Kruger. It's titled, Investors Prepare for Inflation. Investors are grappling anew with whether improving economic data 
uh, will finally translate to higher inflation. After a month-long decline in government bond prices carried the yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury note Tuesday to a close above 2.5% for the first time since March. For years, bond buyers and economists have debated whether the tentative signs of rising prices will take hold, sparking sporadic movements in the bond market. So far, inflation has remained stubbornly low, even as the economy rebounds. Still, many investors believe inflation is bound to pick up if the labor market continues to improve, and some market indicators suggest inflation expectations have been climbing in recent weeks, reflecting better economic data, rising energy prices, and the passage of sweeping tax cuts, which many think could provide a further boost to the economy. Uh, so, you know, kind of to touch on some of the things, Adarsh, uh, as to – you know, a rising inflation market. Uh, you know, what what are you really looking at uh, from an investor standpoint? Yeah, so you know, rising inflation uh, can be a good thing uh, or a bad thing. It depends on the pace of the rise. You know, if inflation rises like it did in the seventies, uh, then that was a very bad thing for the economy. If inflation rises at a moderate level, 2% a year, which is what the Fed mm -hmm. is trying to achieve, which it has not so far, then that could be a good thing. Part of the reason why inflation could be a good thing is because the U.S. economy, just like other developed economies, are extremely debt-laden. Right. So when there's inflation, <laughs> the debt burden over time starts declining. Uh, and B, you know, companies have enough time to adjust their prices. They can increase their prices and so forth. Uh but uh, inflation, you know, uh, if it reaches, if it goes beyond a certain point, like the seventies, then that becomes extremely detrimental because then price adjustments don't happen as you know efficiently or smoothly uh, as they should, uh, and uh, it imp uh, you know the Fed has to set interest rates at a higher rate and if it does that you know it could end up derailing uh, an economic recovery so um, moderate inflation good extremely high not good uh, commodities are a good place to be if inflation really ticks up well i think in 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 an inflationary market uh someone who is investing for retirement in inflation, deflate, in just any market in general, you're investing for income. Right. And there's many, many different ways to get income. I mean, you could, you could have a certificate of deposit. You could have a U.S. Treasury note. You could have a dividend-paying stock. Uh, you could have a corporate bond. There's all kinds of different methods. Uh, you know, from when you look at inflationary uh, an inflationary market, and if you have a, a constant rising of rates, I think you really have to look at how your income is produced. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Because if, if if you're in the wrong style of income, right. then you can you can be detrimentally hurt because the inflation will erode your purchasing power. Absolutely, and that's that's a very good point that you make. So you know, in inflation. Uh, borrowers benefit, lenders don't, you know, mm -hmm. lenders are hurt. So if, like you said, if your income is coming from a bond or a CD or, you know, just savings account, uh, then uh, inflation uh, 
could be more detrimental than you know if your income were coming from a common stock that could raise its dividend or could raise its prices in order to raise earnings. Uh, so yes, very good point. Yeah, and and I think that from that perspective too, because I, I mean you you hear a lot of people that man, I wish CDs were still paying six percent. Right. Man, I wish my savings account I could still get four percent. And in in that scenario, let's say that you can get a five percent CD or something like that. But let's say that you're still in a rising inflationary market. Well, it may not be the best thing to do to buy that CD. Uh, it may be a better alternative to stick with a dividend-paying stock in that in that sense because of the ability. Usually, if you have a rising inflation market, it's because one one thing is happening too. It should be happening is corporate profits should mm-hmm. be continuing to increase. To increase, which they hope in turn would return, be increasing. return to the, their investors. Yeah, because so if your if your corporate profits are growing at a at a six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent kick, well then you're able to grow your dividend right. without affecting the amount of your percentage of your profits that you're paying out. Uh, you know that that is where when when you're looking at how your income is produced over time uh it it's it's very important to to know that fact absolutely yes and corporations you know benefit when you think of what a, a business is or a company is there's a balance sheet there's the asset side there's the liability side during inflation the asset side goes up and the liability side actually goes down because your real debt burden goes down so you benefit even more than you would if you know you were just purely uh, a, uh, a lender, you know, who invested in bonds or, or CD and such. Yeah. And that's why we do it to pre-financial group is look for income that is, has got a steady stream for, for your retirement. And, you know, whether or not you're taking it now or you're letting those dividends uh, just roll over to more purchasing of stocks. Um, and then talk a little bit about the mix, though, because it's not all strictly dividends. No, and, and that's that's the other piece of the pie is that you you don't want to just be one hundred percent stocks all the time because I mean that right. that poses risk in itself too. Uh, we do actually we do have a mix of some some bonds in the mm-hmm. portfolio. Uh, when you're looking at a an inflationary market with rising rates, uh, I think a big key uh, on your bond exposure is to know what the sensitivity to interest rates are right uh yeah. you know and, and you can you can dilute that sense i don't know if that's a good word dilute um I don't minimalize know. minimalize <laughs> your sensitivity to uh, an interest rate increase right. by reducing your duration or the maturity of, of that the bond, bond. right um so know. when you say that you could even you could buy a bond you know we talk about um retirement you know sometimes in more long-term type things, but a bond you could still buy that has a short, shorter maturity, you know, two years or four years, um, because, because why? Because you may then turn around and, and purchase another one at a different rate? Yeah, it, exactly. Right. What, what, you know, that, that's, a, that's a piece of the pie is that you're trying to, to avoid, because if, if interest rates rise, your bond, as Zadar said, mm-hmm. your, your bond prices move in the opposite direction. Right. Uh, if interest rates fall, they move, they go up. However, if you if you own a portfolio of bonds, um, 
and, and let's say your average maturity is 10 years out, well, that's a long time to hold that debt. Uh, if interest rates were to go up 2%, you're stuck. You're, you're, you're kind of <laughs> stuck. And, you know, th- that is a big risk when you're looking at how your income is produced. Right. Uh, I think we'll, we'll get back to that. We're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, you're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. What's trending? This is the president of the United States, the leader of the free world. Stay informed. He called them asshole countries. At a meeting about immigration. By staying connected. Words that hateful had been spoken in the Oval Office. The very latest at the top and 30 minutes past the hour. No deal yet. <laughs> it's DACA. There's got to be one because we're running out of time. Mudslide. It sounded like a freight train. Continuing to search for survivors. This searching for a miracle is News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Are you happy about how well your 401k or retirement account investments have performed this year? If so, you're not alone. It's been a good year for stocks. But remember one thing, retirement accounts are meant to provide income primarily. If your account has done well this year, you might want to look at how to convert those gains to income production. You may be pleasantly surprised. For a free assessment of your retirement account's income potential, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation appointment. Also, listen to The Tom Dupree Show Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Like the pine trees lining the winding road, I've got a name, I've got a name. Like the singing bird and the croaking toad, I've got a name, I've got a name. And I carry it with me like my daddy did But I'm living the dream that he kept here Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show here on News Radio 630 WLAP. Uh, this is Philip Sexton sitting in for Tom today, and I'm in here with Darsh Mashru and uh, Christy Maggard. Uh, it's uh, been a quick show, but yeah. we've been uh, we've been talking about some uh, economic uh, impactful things and uh, how it impacts your income. Uh, we just left off talking about bonds and and dividend paying stocks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and here at Dupree Financial, I think a big a big thing to touch on is that we do all of our own research in house. That we are constantly looking at these companies, looking at these economic indicators, and by doing so, what we're trying to do is is find a a mix of uh, companies' stocks, uh, companies' bonds, uh, you know, and, and any other income-producing investments that we can find that has consistency of cash flows which and consistency of earnings, which lead to consistency of dividends, um, and hopefully gives you the ability to outpace or at least keep up with inflation mm-hmm. over time because the biggest the biggest risk in inflationary market is your your income your purchasing power being eroded away uh you know i think that 
that is a big thing to to look at when you're looking at your portfolio is you know where is the income coming from and you know how am i going to be able to keep up with inflation right because things are going to get expensive (laughs) i mean just you know that probably they're saying the cost of living only continues to increase and so you need to make sure that you can keep up with even that the cost of living the how what is when you plan to retire What's it going to cost you to live the lifestyle that you want to live and anticipate any other, you know, outside expenditures like, you know, health care or whatnot? Um, that's very important. You know, one, one thing that people pay uh, attention to uh, is when they think of returns, they always think of returns in terms of nominal returns. Uh, seldom do people think of returns in terms of real returns. What that means is that, you know, the return that you get minus the rate of inflation is the actual return that you're getting. So if you're getting 1% on a CD and if inflation runs at 2%, your real return is negative 1%. So that's what we try to do to earn a real return that's, uh, you know, above uh, the rate of inflation, uh, which makes, which increases your purchase purchasing power, not just maintains it, but hopefully over time uh, increases it. Well, and I think that even to take that to another step too, if if you own a portfolio of, of gross stocks, well, if they grow, that's that's great. Right. But still, to produce that income in retirement that you're going to need, it is a liquidating thing. Mm-hmm. You're still selling shares. So even from that standpoint, inflation affects that piece of the pie as well. Because as inflation continues to rise, even even if the companies continue to grow, well, you're still you're going to be selling more and more shares over time. And what what we're trying to do here at the Prefinancial Group is to have a a portfolio that produces the income that you need to where you never have to be in a forced liquidation state. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are times when things don't always go up in price. And that is a, a very scary thought for a person in retirement. We do want to invite anyone who is listening to give us a call. Our number is 859-233-0400. We have a website, DupreeFinancial.com. Um, you can go on and read about us and, and see what services and, and, and uh, see where we're located, which is right down on Main Street. And we'd love for you to uh, give us a call and come in. We offer a complimentary portfolio review. We'd love to talk to people and see how we can help them. And... Um, you know, talk about talk about this cash flow for them. Yeah, and and our our sole goal is to, like I said, to produce that income. And and uh, you know, if you feel like uh, when you look at your retirement portfolio, if it's not producing the income that you need, and and you really start getting down into okay, you know, how am I how am I being paid what I need in my mm-hmm. retirement? And you don't really like that that scenario, and you want to look at a at a different opinion mm-hmm. uh we would we would definitely love to sit down and talk with you uh, you know it's we may not always be the best answer for everybody but we are more than hep- happy to uh to give you our opinion sure yep. yes uh so just give us a call uh it's, it's been a quick show it's been a great show yes thank uh, you we yes. really enjoyed y'all sitting in with us and uh uh we're going to sign off now. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show and uh, News Radio 630 WLAP. I hope I didn't wake you, but what I've got to say can't wait.
understand Every time I tried to tell 